Welcome to the Gold Rush 2011 podcast. Gold Rush is an annual student-led conference hosted by Perimeter Church. This year's theme was Consumed, where we talked about what we are consumed with and who ultimately consumes us. Thank you for downloading, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, guys. I'm Simone, and hi. I just graduated from John Street High School, and I'm going to college at Gainesville in the fall. Um, hopefully, I'm going to transfer in UGA after two years. That's right. Um, so let me just start us out with some prayer. Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you so much for um, having me up here, Lord, and just letting me speak for you. And I just pray that you'll give me the right words to speak and that I won't be nervous and that everyone will enjoy it. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, okay, kind of nervous. Just letting you guys know. Not my gift to speak of here. So um, basically, throughout my life, I've grown up. Christian family, Christian home, went to church my whole life, um, Camp All-American, sports at church, all of that. Jesus was always around me, regardless if I took it in or not. And um, I became a Christian in middle school, but I guess I didn't really apply um, my Christianity until I got into high school. I didn't really... Um, feel like I needed to. I was in a private school where everyone was just supposed to be nice to each other regardless if it was in the Bible or if it was just because it was kind of like shoved down your throat. So I guess when I started high school, a lot of things were different. I actually had to um, apply what I learned from school and my relationship with the Lord. So first I'm going to start you guys out with a verse. If you have your Bible, you can use it because I'm not prepared and didn't have like the screens and the videos and all that. It's John 8, 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman is caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote in the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, and the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Okay. So basically in this story, there's these guys, they're Pharisees, and they were claimed Christians and thought they had their lives together because they didn't have um, a social status of just being a bad person, I guess. And um, they went around and just condemned all the people who sinned openly and who you know, cheated on their husbands or who, you know, nowadays would be like getting drunk all the time and just getting smashed. And like they sat around and just judged those people and were like, you people are going to hell. You're condemned. And um, they humiliated them and, you know, told them that they weren't, they were sinners. And that's how they labeled them and that they weren't sinners because their struggles weren't as bad. Um, But then Jesus, this perfect man who just loved on people and he went around and just didn't 
judge them. He went up and was just like, you, what are you people talking about? I don't think this week you guys went sinless. I don't think you didn't gossip or talk back to your parents or say anything that was just from me or from the Bible that you learned or um, any of that. So um, he points it out to them and Basically, they all start to file out and leave because they start to kind of realize, like, I guess I don't really have a right to say anything to her. And um, Jesus, the only man who is perfect and he would have the right to condemn this woman who, you know, messed up so bad, he just let her free. And he said that you can just go and serve me. And, you know, out of his goodness and his mercy and his love, he just let her free. Um, when I, before I started high school, I went to Gold Rush. It was, uh, I guess, four years ago. Yeah. And um, it was at Gold Rush that I met, had these group of guy friends, and I'd grown up with them my whole life, and I loved them to death. And they befriended all these girls who went to public school. And I went through private school, little bubble, and I didn't really understand how public school kids worked. I mean, I was around it here and there, and I had older brothers, so I wasn't like completely sheltered like a lot of my friends were, but I didn't exactly understand why anyone wanted to be friends with them over me. And so these boys were like, no, just meet them. They're really great girls. Like, they're really nice. And I just was like, no, like, there's no way. Like, they couldn't possibly be as good as I am. And, like, they couldn't possibly want to hang out with them over me. And I just wouldn't even give them a chance. And um, finally, like, I started high school. And I kind of, like, started to tell myself, like, okay, I'm going to be the nice girl. Like, I'm going to start high school. And I'm going to be nice to everybody. And I'm going to be that girl everyone goes to. And... You know, like, I just kind of made myself that way. And so it was pretty easy for me to make friends. I made a group of girlfriends that I started to sit at lunch together with them. And they just, when people would walk by, they would always have something to say about them. Like, always. It was they, whatever they were wearing or what they did that weekend or who they hooked up with or, oh, like, that girl, she's such a skank and, like, all this stuff. And, like, they always had something to say. And at first it was like, okay, I'm just going to sit back and, like, let them do that. Like, that's fine. Like, I'll just listen and not really, like, interject because I don't know them. They could be a skank, like, whatever. And so I would just, like, sit there. And then eventually it was like, okay, I, like, am comfortable around these people now. And me and my best friend tried to keep each other, like, somewhat accountable. But then once we started becoming closer to them, we started doing the same exact thing. People would walk by, and I would hear something in class, and I'd report it to them every single day. Like, oh, yeah, like, did you hear about her? She was, like, throwing up everywhere at that party. Like, oh, my gosh, like, who is she? Like, who does she think she is? And, like, all this stuff. Like, I was that, like, huge gossiper, like, all the time. And I just thought, like the people I was talking about were so much worse off than I am. Like, because, you know, I didn't struggle as much as they did. Like, I didn't have that thing, you know, I'm strong. Like, I, you know, can handle it. And, like, I can go to parties and not drink. So, like, I'm just so much better. And um, it wasn't even that I, like, looked at it like they were a bad person because I just don't really, like, look at people like that. But I still just thought, like, because I didn't struggle, it was just because, like, I was strong. Um... Then finally, my end of sophomore year, I just, well, throughout my sophomore year, I kind of got in like this really dark place. I just, you know, started to be really selfish. And I was kind of that person that people came to when they wanted to talk because I can like sympathize with people pretty well. But it wasn't that I could sympathize because I just had a heart for that. I just felt kind of obligated. Like, okay, I'm a Christian, so like I have to do that. And so like, 
I just started getting really selfish and people would like contact me and I would just kind of like, I'd reply to them just to like be known as that girl who like was there for people and like would be known as like that really nice girl who like did that. But it wasn't for like God's glory. It was just for me. So um, I guess I just started to pray that like my heart for people would be genuine and not just out of obligation and that I would like be overly concerned for people because that's what God had like placed on my heart. And so um, junior year, I started to like see how much it really changed. I like started really genuinely caring for people. Something would happen and I would automatically, my reaction would be like, oh my gosh, like I just want to talk to them. Like I just want to like see how they're doing and like text them or whatever. So um, this doesn't always work. I was the type, like, I'd try to care for all these people, and then I would be so unsatisfied because I wouldn't get a good reaction. I wouldn't get, like, the person who just miraculously changed and who just all of a sudden became a Christian and loved God and, like, all of that. And sometimes it would be really discouraging. But um, one example would be I made this friend this past year, and he um, wasn't a Christian, never claimed to be, never went to church, didn't really have that thing. His parents were divorced, and he had a really bad relationship with his dad. And um, he just didn't, you know, his dad tried to buy his love, and he just didn't feel loved by him all this time that he would give him things. He was like, that's not what I want. Like, I want him to, like, want to spend time with me. And he was busy and wouldn't. And so um, this past Father's Day, um, him and I, like, in the past couple months, hadn't really talked. He had told me all of that, but we kind of grew apart. And um, this past Father's Day, I just thought about him, and, like, God just really put that on my heart. And at first, it was kind of like I tried to ignore it, but, like, God just really put on my heart, like, you really should be praying for him. You really should think about him because he, you know, his father and him barely have a relationship. So I texted him, and I just was like, it was solely because God, like, really put it on my heart. And I just really felt compelled to do it. And so I did. And I was like, you know, like, I just want you to know, like, I know you and your dad don't have the best relationship. And I just want you to know that, like, I'm praying for you today and I'm here for you. And like, I hope like your day is like really good today, like, despite everything. And, you know, hours went by and I didn't get a response. And it was actually one of those things, surprisingly, where I was okay with it. I was just like, okay, whatever happens, happens. Like, God's in control. You're the one that made me to do, like, do it. So I'm just going to let you handle that. And I finally get a response that night. And it was just like, sweet, period. <laughs> and like, I hate that where you like send a paragraph of like, oh, da, da, da. Like, you think it's going to be like so great. And then you get like, sweet. Like, and it's not like a sweet thanks, that's really awesome. It was like a sweet, like, why are you bothering me? You're annoying. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, awesome. I was in his business, like, he didn't want to hear that from me. So I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I was just trying to help, but like, I'll leave you alone and like, all of that. And I thought, because normally I'd get really hard on myself. That's just who I am. I just get really hard on myself. And I thought I was going to like, get upset. But because like, God put it on my heart to do it, I just felt like by him doing that and him using me, it just made me so satisfied. It just made me so satisfied that like he made it so that I obeyed him and that I really realized that it doesn't always turn out like you plan. It doesn't always make this huge, crazy impact. But like because you served them, you almost benefit more because you're working for the Lord. And I was just at peace about it. Um... I want to read you guys a verse, basically just um, the way we should live and um, 
how we should be to those people who you think are really struggling and who you think um, are worse off than you. And um, just to, as a guideline, I guess, it's, um, well, it's um, Romans 12, 9 through 21. Okay. It's love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with, one, with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not over, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what Jesus does. That's what he's taught us to do. And when you call yourself a Christian, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow him. When you sit there and you um, judge people and you look at them and you think that you're better than them because you have it all together or so you think because you don't struggle as much as this other person, that doesn't mean anything. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter you know, if you're the girl throwing up because you're too drunk, or if you're the person who just might gossip every once in a while, or might just talk back once to your parents, and, you know, to think that you're better because, you know, yours is not as public doesn't mean that you are. Um, that's how I was, you know, at the beginning, and I still struggle with it now and then. It's hard. It's really hard to have that, not to have that pride that you've got things together. Um, but, you know, Jesus, he had it all together, and he still had that passion for people, and he still showed them his mercy all the time. Um, I guess I just want to ask you guys, are you those Pharisees who sit there and, you know, look at people and mistreat them because they might be struggling more than you and they not, might not be as strong as you um, and you treat them badly? Or are you like Jesus, where even as good as you are and how perfect you are, you love on them and you show them the mercy that Jesus showed and you follow them no matter what and you follow Jesus and you show what being a Christian is really about. Um, I just thought I was so strong. I thought that because I didn't struggle as bad that I was so strong. I come from a family of four boys and um, a dad who's really big. <laughs> he used to play professional football so he's a pretty big guy. He's a center so yeah, um, kind of intimidating. And I just have that whole mentality, like, oh, as Fortins, we're just strong, like physically and mentally, we're just strong. And um, even my mom, like, she's the strongest person I know. Like, she might have something that just really bothers her, and she just holds it in. She just keeps her composure, and she's going to, you know, do what's supposed to be done, and that's just how it is. And, you know, my dad's that way, too. He just, 
he does the right thing all the time. And I just aspire to be like that. And I try really hard. And then sometimes I try too much where I think that because I'm strong, that other people aren't, that they're just weak. But that's not it. Jesus died for sinners. He died for the people who aren't strong. And I can promise you, none of us are strong. We're not as strong as we think. So be a Christian. Act like a Christian. Don't just claim to be one and then not do what Jesus does or not at least aspire to do what Jesus does. Um, And don't be hypocritical because you could be that person who just is going through such a rough time and slips up publicly or in secret or whatever. Um, That's kind of it. I'm going to close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you for bringing all these people here, and I just thank you for calming my nerves. And I pray that um, everyone has a good rest of the gold rush and has a great time and that you'll just really speak to some of the people here, whether it's... um, through today, or if it's the session tonight, or if they already have, or it's not the concert of prayer, that you'll just be with them, and um, that you'll show them your love this week, and that you'll give each and every person here the strength to love others like you have, and to aspire to be just like you, because that's what being a Christian is all about. Um, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Gold Rush 2011 podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9500 Medlock Bridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. If you'd like more information about the church, please visit our website at watershedministry.org.